Welcome in to episode 268 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. Sources Say is brought to you by our good friends at Justice Dental. It's one of their two Lexington locations. It's on Blazer Parkway and Winton Way by scheduling an appointment online at justicedental.com or by calling 895-430-700. You can even send a text message to one of their friendly team members at the same number to ask a question or make an appointment. Now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Dr. Thompson, Dr. Justice, and their team strive to provide you with good oral health in a comfortable environment. The Justice Dental team looks forward to seeing you soon. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined uh, for a winner's edition of the Source Say podcast, live from the Madame Athletic Center in Toronto, 8173, John Smith. How are you? I am fantastic, Jack Pilgrim. Uh, we got to see a lot of that stuff that we've talked about over the last week or so on this show. And then when we took over KSR last week, uh, Kentucky run a lot of good stuff offensively, getting back to the dribble drive motion. We did see some five out. And the freshmen looked good. The upperclassmen looked good. John Calipari wasn't overdoing it. was kind of relaxed and just letting his team do his thing. And uh, Kentucky got a win, and the fans – are really happy today on social media. Like it, it's been a good day. Yeah, man. Uh, it, this was one that I, I know, uh, I think fans had circled on their calendar because Germany was seen as the team. They had the versatility, they had the shooting, they had the shot making, they had the, the length. And uh, if there was one team that I think could have posed uh, some significant issues for this Kentucky team, especially on the defensive end, uh, just because of how long and athletic and, and uh, versatile they are as, as shot makers, uh, this was the game that I think fans were a little bit concerned about. Uh, and for Kentucky to go out and pull off the 81-73 win again, it wasn't a perfect performance. It's exactly uh, what you'd expect for a group of, of young freshmen, uh, especially against a, a, a team that is as old and has been together for as long as they have been. Uh, this was about as solid of a performance as I think you could ask for at this stage to debut at this high-profile event, Sean. I, I came away very, very optimistic about how the Cats played. Yeah, me too. And we talked a lot yesterday about situational basketball and, and getting some different things out of what Kentucky would get from this trip and how they didn't get situational basketball a year ago in the Bahamas because most of those games were just blowouts from the beginning to the end. But today – you had Kentucky come out playing well, and then you had Germany hit some shots, hit back-to-back threes there, and built a lead in the first half. And then Kentucky settled in and bounced back and, and re- regained the lead. And then late in the game, you had to hold on to that lead against some full-court pressure. So you've got some situational basketball that you'll see in the regular season when, can, when games actually matter and, and getting down to it. So really encouraging. A lot of good stuff from day one. It's only day one. It, it's going to – have more to come tomorrow than this weekend, but Kentucky's put itself in a good spot, and I think it built some confidence today. And I mean, you had a lot of guys doing a lot of good stuff today, and that's the most encouraging thing. At this point, not even in the season, in the summer where they've had ten practices, you've had so many positives to take away from this game. I mean, you can go down the list. Even the guys that didn't really do a ton offensively, Reed Shepard, found a way to still contribute and fill up the stat sheet with some assists. How about that number? 24 assists as a team on 31 made shots for a team 
that had never taken the floor together against another opponent. And to do it on such short notice with Uganan Yenso being out, uh, it sucked because the show ended. The last one we did, our preview show, I, I literally got a text as the show was wrapping up that said, Ugo just hurt his ankle, probably not going to play tomorrow, maybe not even play the rest of the weekend. So that was a bummer, man, because we talked extensively about just the impact of uh, you know, what Ugo can be on the defensive end and just his presence and, and how necessary it is for Kentucky to have him as as the anchor on this team and for him to miss this prime opportunity for for, for him. Uh, you know, I'd heard that he kind of started out a little slow because Trey Mitchell hadn't arrived on campus yet. Uh, his backup center was Jordan Burks. We'll talk about him in a minute and him having to kind of take over that role again. Uh, he hadn't had that body-to-body banging physicality presence down low. Uh, so Ugo's, I think, development had kind of stalled a little bit because of that and, and because of those circumstances. So this was going to be an opportunity for him to go heads up against some physical competition. And unfortunately, uh, he rolls his ankle yesterday And I, after I had heard that he had been sensational six blocks leading up to that and was really, really solid leading up to it. Uh, so it sucks that we don't get to see him with our own two eyes, just how much he is, where he is, and, and uh, how much we can rely on him. However, it did allow Kentucky to kind of get creative with lineups and, and play some small ball. We got to see Adu Thiero really thrive in his specific role. Uh, John Calipari said he did not like what he saw out of Justin Edwards at the four. I want to get your thoughts on that as well, Sean. But uh, there, there was a lot to like about this performance, and a big part of it was just because of how uh, Kentucky went small ball, and, and we got to see – this team at, at its most versatile versatile, and uh, just to kind of see how impressive they can be on the offensive end. Definitely something to turn my head. Yeah. And, and the comment too, about, about Justin Edwards at the four, I just feel like it's too early to really make a call on whether or not you like something or, or you, or you love it. That's like a, a do, you know, I, we saw a, a completely different version of a do theory today. Like that's the stuff that you and I've been talking about a ton, but now you got to see it again tomorrow. You got to see it again throughout this entire trip and have some consistency. Well, the same can be said for Justin. He didn't have his best offensive effort today. Like, is he still settling in and trying to find his place? Probably. Like, I mean, it's game one. We knew that not every single player was going to look good on day one. That's like some of these guys that look good today. It may be their turn tomorrow to kind of be trying to find their way. And it may be Justin's turn to kind of take the forefront and do some things and have a better stat line and, and maybe impact the game in a, in a different way. But I still think it's way too early. I, I kind of – I want to see them at least give him some looks at that spot because when it comes down to it, Jack, the way Kentucky's going to play offense and in in that dribble drive motion, it really doesn't matter what position it is. If it's a four, if it's a three, if it's a two, you're getting the ball, you're getting downhill. You saw Kentucky getting to its pitch. You saw Kentucky getting to its loops in that drag area, the dribble drive. Justin Edwards is going to be just fine. I have no concerns about what he's going to be. He, he made a really nice move there late in the second half, two feet in the paint, finished with his left hand. He had a, a really solid move there, an athletic finish in the first half, showing some of the athleticism, getting from the left side of the lane to the right side of the rim. Needs to knock down some shots. He will. But the Absolutely. versatility the versatility that Kentucky showed, though, not just on the offensive end of the floor, but I thought on the defensive end of the floor too, an area where they've not spent a ton of time playing small. I like that they came out with some full court pressure because if you're going to be small like that, you have to gamble and do some things differently. And I thought that they used their length and their athleticism and their quickness to kind of disrupt on that end of the floor. 
I, I want to ask you about that because we got DJ starting at the point guard spot, but we did get to see a, a really nice mixture of Rob playing on ball with DJ off uh, and DJ on ball with Rob off. I think we got to see uh, kind of both players be at the best version of themselves. DJ as an attacker and as a, as a finisher and Rob as a creator and uh, shooter and scorer for himself. Uh, what did you think of those two playing complimentary basketball? Who did you like either of them more than the other at the lead guard position? Because I know that was a big question that we had uh, ahead of yesterday's show. I like honestly giving both that option and, and giving them opportunities to, to do both with the ball in their hands, off the ball. Uh, look, DJ's a dog. Like that stood out to me today. Like that that's going to be where Kentucky's guys at. That's that's the stud. That's the star that's going to kind of put the team on his back at times. You saw that today, and I think you're going to see that throughout the rest of this trip, and then we get into when games matter in the fall. But Rob uh, Rob took a couple of shots and, and did a couple of things. You know, DJ went behind his back in traffic trying to split a screen. Uh, you saw John Calipari talking to him about it, valuing possessions. That Those are things that, you know, he can't do and he won't do when it gets down and into the, the regular season and things. But, look, Rob Dillingham – had a jumper from the free throw line, Jack, where he went between his legs three times and just lifted and hit a shot. Like that's what Rob's <laughs> going to do. And and Rob's going to, going to make shots. He's going to miss some shots. He's going to make some turnovers, but I really like that Cal's giving him the green light, but it's just, you can't take bad shots with the green light. Like Calipari said, give both those guys the basketball and just let them play in space. DJ getting two feet in the paint to me, stands out the most. That feels like a guy that his first step is so quick, but he gets to wherever he wants to on the basketball floor. And that's going to help a guy like Antonio Reeves. That's going to help a guy like Trey Mitchell and these other guys that can shoot the ball from outside. DJ getting downhill, getting two feet in the paint, finishing for himself, but also playing for others. Man, like Kentucky's got some guys. That's what stood out to me from 40 minutes of basketball today. I can already tell you that Kentucky's got dudes in the backcourt that it did not have a year ago that can beat you off the bounce and make offense easier. I mean, this team put up 81 today, and I actually think they could have put up more. Like, this is going to be a really good offensive team. Yeah, it, it, paint touches. That was the name of the game. I loved DJ's ability to get in that intermediate spot and Rob, too, on, on certain occasions. And, shoot, I, I think Antonio Reeves did a great job of doing that as well. I, I thought he did some really nice things. And isn't it funny? We're already 10 minutes in the show and haven't even brought up uh, Antonio Reeves doing what he was able to do, 24 points, 8 to 16 shooting, 3 to 7 from, from 3. Uh, I, I really thought that Antonio, um, it looked like he made a, a pretty significant step forward from a confidence. Like, I don't think confidence has ever been an issue for him, but I think in assertiveness, a – I'm the vet here. Like, yes, this might be DJ's team. He might be the alpha who's going to carry us through March. But the world still revolves around Antonio Reeves from a basketball perspective with, with Kentucky. And, and things move around him. And I think he kind of understood that. And he played with an assertiveness and a comfort where, uh, yes, he always had the green light. And he was always confident to launch shots. But for his ability, his ability to get to his spots uh, and confidently take them and make them, uh, I it, Everybody wants to focus on Kansas State and what he did in that one. But I think that he was he was six SEC six man of the year for a reason. And I think he kind of built on what he did extremely well to close out last season. And I think this was a continuation of that. I thought he was excellent. 
Yeah, do you remember me saying it was back when we were going through the whole will Antonio Reeves be on this team? Will he not be on this team? And I kept saying it just doesn't make any sense to me because his role to me was the 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 clearest, most easiest one to see is life was going to be easier for Antonio Reeves because of the guys that could get into the paint and kind of and, and get the ball by a hippo defender and beat their man and give him the ball to where he can knock down shots. You saw a complete overall his game today offensively he was shooting threes off the move he was catching and shooting deep threes and making them and he also came off that dribble drive off that drag area off those loops and got to the free throw line and went behind his back and shot a pull-up jumper and going baseline making some plays like you got to see the the complete game of him offensively but not having to be the main guy with the ball in his hands the entire time. That's the biggest adjustment. That was a ton of pressure for him last year. And then when Kentucky got down to the end of the season with Casey Wallace and all those guys being injured and coming back, I think it threw Antonio kind of out of his rhythm of what he had been doing. What he was today is exactly what Kentucky just needs him to be. Make shots, get him involved offensively, play off of others, but then when it's your turn, be able to create for your yourself. And he did that. Like Kentucky's got some guys – on the perimeter that can get their own. That is really hard to guard and really hard to scout against and defend, but he was excellent. And you got to see some zoom action too. They, they ran some zoom and, and got him a look. Uh, they also ran a nice little uh, quick hitter there where they sent a set of flare screen for him and he hit a three. There was a lot to like about this game and Antonio Reeves is at the center, the center of it. I think the second big person to talk about and and, and uh, somebody that I think wouldn't have had this opportunity had Ugo been healthy which you know you never you never want to see a guy get hurt obviously like Ugo needs to play they need him back as soon, sooner rather than later but we wanted to see what this team could look like with Trey Mitchell at the five and how everything would kind of work around him a do at the four Reeves at the at the three Reed or uh, Rob or whomever at the, at the two and, and DJ at the one, like we wanted to see that, that, that five man group together with Trey as a true stretch big and go figure his debut as a wild kid, come out and make four threes uh, the way he did 20, uh, 20 points, seven and 13 shooting four or six from three. Um, that was like a best case scenario for what Trey Mitchell is going to be uh, as a wild kid. Like that is, I, I don't envision that being, uh, long-term what he's going to be every single game, but just to know that he's capable of doing that and really kind of fill in those, you, you know, five out dreams that Kentucky does have. Uh, I think there's no way that you could watch this game and not get all excited and just hot and bothered watching uh, Trey, Trey Mitchell knock down uh, catch and shoot, you know, working the pick and roll. I just say he did a lot of really, really interesting things uh, and from a true stretch five perspective that uh, I think Kentucky fans, have a lot of reason to be excited about uh, just the versatility of this team. And you could tell that there, there wasn't a scout in because Germany did not even close out on him a couple of times when he was left wide open, which if there had been a scout in place, you would have known that Trey Mitchell can, can knock down that shot consistently, especially when his feet is set. But the things that they can do with him offensively to me is what's the, the biggest takeaway for, from his game is I texted you and Steven before the game started, and I said, let's set the over-under for Trey Mitchell threes at two and a half. And I was talking about them coming from the corner. And if he plays the four, he's going to get a lot of looks from that spot in Kentucky's dribble drive. Well, playing the five today, when they did go dribble drive, he was playing that dunker spot opposite the ball, block to block. 
but the way that they were able to get creative with him, they, they ran some get action with him once where DJ threw in the ball, then DJ comes immediately off the handoff and DJ being able to attack the paint and having Trey's man be able to help. They got the little pop action there where he steps back and hits a three. Uh, there was another one where Kentucky was in transition and he was the trail man and DJ, or, or I can't remember which Kentucky guard it was, gets downhill, throws it back again off that drag screen and then there was the true five outlook in transition where Justin gets the ball and then Trey steps in as the trailer money. And the and it was a five out look. You had the top of the key, the two wings, and the two corners. Like nobody even ran to the rim. That's where he is going to make his biggest impact to me is in transition and then getting his feet set and knocking down open threes. But he also showed the ability to, to handle some size defensively today too, that if Kentucky does have to go small, he can hold his own in there and get some rebounds and at least buy Kentucky some minutes to at least show us what that lineup looks like. Because if they're going to run a lineup like that, they have to be able to defend and they can't just get bullied. And I thought with him at that spot, they did not get bullied. I, I love that the comparison leading up to this was Nate Sestina for Trey Mitchell. And, you know, Nate Sestina was the king of the, the trailing three. And we got to see some of that. It, it was like a – Everything we loved about Nate Sestina, like magnified. Like it, I, I, I love that comparison. I think it's a great one. And uh, if he can be that for this team, when Aaron Bradshaw gets healthy, when Ugo gets healthy, uh, I, I think there's a lot of reason to be excited. I, I don't know, Sean, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I don't know if he's a true five. I think he struggles a little bit with physicality, and I, I don't think that's something that's going to ever be fixed overnight. Uh, Cal talked about, you know, he had six rebounds, but that, that's just not his game. He fought, but he's not going to be this brute force down low. Uh, like that's, that's never going to be his game. He's definitely more finesse and uh, you know, more of a face up figure. So I'm interested to see how he's incorporated in when uh, Ugo and, and Aaron, Aaron Bradshaw get back healthy, but for him to step up in this specific circumstance, I thought it was awesome. Uh, so I want to talk about a theory a little bit, uh, just his comfort in that small ball four role where I think we can now, talk about that as a realistic long-term option for Adu. I know that we kind of thought leading up to this game that it could be just kind of a placeholder until the rest of the team gets healthy and he'd probably slide in at that three or even two. I know he did a lot of primary ball handling stuff uh, as a freshman, but I just thought he fit perfectly into what Cal was trying to do and with the dribble drive. And I think he's just perfectly suited for that and his comfort in, you know, attacking the basket and in, where he's kind of flail himself when he got to, got around the basket to draw fouls, he has the size and the strength and the athleticism to kind of counter that now and, and, and adjust with that. Where he's finishing those as and ones and drawing fouls and, and you know only having to shoot one free throw as opposed to two. I I think there's a long term fit there for a dude Thiero at the four. Uh, and I asked him about it after the game. He was like, "Look, I I know." I grew up as a guard. I was a point guard growing up my entire life, but I know my size and my strength is my advantage. And it's not like I'm not going to be a guard anymore. I still have guard skills. Look at what I did when I grabbed the rebound and, and went like I was the point guard on the break and it led to success. So I, I think him as that four option where he can still be kind of a, a fourth guard. I think that's putting a do in, in position to succeed. And I think it's putting the team in position to succeed as well. Yeah, that, that's a position. And, and the thing is, with, with the way Kentucky's running offense and, and what they're getting back to and then kind of what they're branching out and doing that's new that they haven't done in the past is just get on the floor and be a skilled basketball player. 
and Adu is showing some skill set. Like, sure, he, he might not be the one or the two or being the primary guard. He had to be that at times a year ago, and he struggled in some of those opportunities and some of those moments. But he's using those that guard background, those guard skills, to kind of get and take advantage of his matchup. Like, there was one play uh, in transition where he finished through contact. There was a, another one there in the first half where – he got out of the dribble drive and he took the pitch. He went to the middle of the floor and then got back to the right side of the rim and finished and showed some athleticism and some power. He, He's not the fastest guy. I think he does look quicker than he did a year ago, but his shoulders and his frame and his strength, it, 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 he doesn't have to be fast. He's winning the matchup the entire drive to the basket and then finishing strongly through you. You don't have to be lightning quick. You have to be strong and get to your spots, and he's a guy that gets to his spots Similar to DJ. DJ does it with quickness. A dude does it, does it with toughness. You got to have both. You don't got to have both in the same player, but you got to have both within your roster to do some of the things Kentucky's want to do offensively. And they have it in those two pieces. Look, he showed up all over the stat sheet today. That's what I've been talking about with a do. It's rebounds, it's assists. How about one turnover? Played a ton of minutes. What did he get to? 34, 35 minutes, I believe. I mean, it was way up there. Let me check, actually. I got it pulled up here. So he got to, well, 30, 32 minutes. 31. Yeah, 31-43. And it was efficient. Like, he he did a lot of good things. Uh, a guy that the fan base had been excited to see. And does it carry over to tomorrow and into the weekend? Like, consistency at this point. These guys that played well today, you want to see them be consistent and carried over. Maybe some guys that struggled in some certain areas, don't drop your head because there's another day, another opportunity tomorrow. And the, the thing with this roster is, you can't get hung up on one possession or one game. You got to come back and, and do it again tomorrow or better yourself and try to to, to kind of find another way to, to make an impact. And uh, there were some guys that did that today, which we'll get into. Reed Shepard, I thought, was one of them. I still think that Justin Edwards found a, found a way to make an impact, even though he wasn't making a ton of shots. Make yourself playable, even if you're not scoring the basketball. That's how you get minutes on this team, because it's, it's a talented roster. And if you don't, you're not going to play much. You know who else can make an impact? Andy Ludicky and MyPerfectFranchise.net. Are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream, looking for a side hustle while working your current job, wanting to diversify, build wealth, and or leave a legacy? Andy can help. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as franchise owner and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free, and he is here to help. If you have any questions about business ownership, you can learn more and contact Andy anytime at www.myperfectfranchise.net. And uh, Sean, we also have a brand new friend of the show that I'm very excited about, and I'm going to make you uh, be our little runway model for this one. Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make... You look good. Bird Dog's stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog's shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. I, I'm literally wearing them right now, and I, I, I've sat here at this game all day long. I've been here since noon, and I have been so unbelievably comfortable all day long, so I could not agree more with that. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton, Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, uh, but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat fa uh, wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Uh, I, I, I cannot stress enough how much I love Bird Dogs. It's been amazing. Go to birddogs.com slash KSR. 
uh, for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash KSR or promo code KSR for a uh, free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you, Sean. I'm, I've literally worn them all day long, and I, and I, I don't want to take them off. I'm, I think I'm just going to sleep in them. Yeah, I've got my Slick Rickies on as we're sitting here, and uh, they're amazing. Like, they're very comfortable. Uh, I got home last night. The box was waiting for me when I walked in the door. I texted you, started going through all the things. Like, I mean, look at this. Like, this is this is nice. Like, I'm going to have this here with me every episode, you know, drinking from it. And I know you. You. this is one of the things you talked about last night, too. Yeah, big, big, big fan. I uh, appreciate their uh, their partnership with us. I, I can't wait to just continue to wear their products because they are pretty freaking awesome. So uh, shout out Bird Dogs. Make sure you go uh, use promo code KSR. Make make that happen. Uh, Sean, I wanted to get your thoughts because I was not expecting this. I was waiting for the team bus outside uh, of the arena here at Madame Athletic Center. And um, I'm, I'm sitting there watching the, the team buses pull up and then I see Stacy Shepard walk walk up and she's just going crazy celebrating cheering and stuff we have cameras out you know parent, parents are coming in and then two people behind her is Jeff Shepard wearing his former number 15 is a, a, a jersey shirt uh, he's wearing his old 15 again and he just goes absolutely berserk like yeah let's go and I it was such a cool moment man because that was former player, final foremost outstanding player, like a legend in his own right for the University of Kentucky, completely passing off his own status as a player and saying, I am a fan now. Like I am a, a fan. My son is now making his debut at the University of Kentucky. I can now take a step back and move past everything that I did as a basketball player and just enjoy being a fan of this program and of my son. I thought it was such a cool moment, Sean, uh, just seeing him rock his number 15 again, but not because of anything uh, on his end, but because his son was making his debut as a Wildcat, man. And for, for Reed to go out and play the way he did, I know Cal kind of teased him after the game and was like, uh, I want you to know, just say it with me, you couldn't make a shot. Like, because it, it is what it is. I, Cal, Cal even said yesterday at the the, Af, uh, the Africa exhibition that he was making all the shots and played absolutely uh, incredibly and just go, decides to go cold today, but still made an impact elsewhere. But uh, I thought it was a really, really cool uh, intro to uh, Reed Shepard's career as a Wildcat. Yeah, that, that was a proud dad that you saw on the streets in, in the video that you put out like that. That was really cool to see uh, a guy that, and, you know, his mom, too, two people that know what it takes to, to play at this university and Jeff playing at the highest level there, winning a national championship, going to multiple Final Fours and knowing the pressure of, of being in this program and, and what it takes to succeed and, and be in it. It's going to make life easier on Reed because you've got two people at home that have done it and, and gone through it at the highest level and won some of the biggest games in this program's history. But it was cool to see Jeff relaxed and having fun. Because it's not always, you know, it's not always been like that. Like there was a lot of stress going through that recruitment, especially early on and and getting Reed to the point and getting him ready to be able to play at Kentucky. There, there was a ton of, of stress. And I think it's just a sense of relief. Like, you know, man, he, he made it. And now it's his turn to do this. And I'm going to be a dad and I'm going to be a mom. And I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch my kid do it at the place where we did it in the jersey number that I did it on a team that hopefully has the potential to do what we did. That is what I think the excitement was about with Jeff today. And, and look, Reed did a lot of good stuff. Like he got after it defensively. 
went in made a couple of plays. I was talking about Kentucky's full court pressure and some of the things they were doing. He, he made a nice pass over his shoulder to DJ for a dunk. The pass with the side out situation to Jordan Burks at the rim, though, like that's the basketball IQ and beautiful passing the ball. Like that's where Reed can make an impact when he's not making shots. But here's the catch: Reed Shepard's going to make shots, and when he does, he's going to look even better. But look, he was tied for the team lead with six assists today. Should have had seven if Trey Mitchell hadn't missed the uh, the layup there. But he ended up getting the putback of his own miss. But uh, he made an impact, and it was really cool to see Jeff and Stacy having a good time with this. I mean, I see Stacy active on Twitter all the time, liking stuff that I tweet, liking stuff that you tweet, liking uh, all Kentucky stuff. Like they're excited for for Reed, and I am too. Yeah, and I don't know if you see this. Uh, Stevens talking about what's going on behind us. So, so I'm here at Madame Athletic Center. I'm trying to see what would be the best view, but uh, this. Canada-Africa game was about to go on, and they just keep pushing it back. I feel like they've been doing four player introductions and a bunch of different national anthems and stuff. I, I'm, I've been, like, excited to see how this game unfolds, to see what the competition is going to be for the next couple of days uh, for the Wildcats, but they just won't start this damn game. So we have no idea what's going on, and uh, we keep getting over the loudspeaker, the loud announcements going on over and over again. It's like, it'd be great if you just played the damn game so we don't have to deal with that anymore. But uh, unfortunately, they just uh, really enjoy dragging this thing out. I like how Steven said, and they just added eight minutes until we start. What does this sources say? That's that's like, great. Uh, like, we're not punctual. Come on now. We're, we're always punctual. Yeah, we, we, we deliver the content to you. Just maybe it comes to you a few minutes later than what we plan, but it's it's always there and ready to roll. Now, so I'll, I'll ask you this. You're in charge of the scouting report then, if you're there and can see that game, right? So on the, I on guess the next so, man. Edition, if, if they ever start this damn game, I, I'd be happy to. <laughs> well, they, they got to start at some point, but who knows? Maybe fans can get a live look in over your shoulder there. But um, no, it's uh, I think it's a cool setup where you're at. I wish that I were in Toronto with you. I wish I'd been there today to experience that. But overall, I thought the broadcast was solid. And uh, I thought Kentucky fans got an enjoyed, enjoyable two hours of basketball today and a lot of good from their team and and some stuff that, I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about some more stuff. But there was a lot of good takeaways today. And I, I told you last night on the show that I wasn't going to talk negatives. And, and I'm not going to get into negatives at all because I don't see the point in finding negatives in July. Now, when this trip is over with and we wrap this thing up sometime next week, then we'll start getting into the areas that I think Kentucky needs to improve. And there are some areas that I think this team will certainly have to get better. But look, for them to only have 10 practices and and things, and, and Cal was pleased today, and you could sense the excitement and the joy in him with, with what this team put on and, and the performance. But look, th- these guys, they seem to enjoy playing together, and I think they're going to have a lot of fun. But those two veteran guys being added, both of them going for 20-plus today, Reeves 24, Trey Mitchell 20. Jack, a month ago, those two guys weren't on this roster. And then they joined in the same week. And we talked about the importance of those two guys. Oh, boy. Those are two pieces that are going to kind of just carry the torch until all the freshmen are ready. The, The Justin Edwards on this roster when he's ready. Imagine Kentucky when Justin Edwards is playing his best basketball. Imagine Kentucky when Reed Shepard is making shots. Like there's still a lot left in the tank, but Kentucky beat a quality opponent today. Probably one of their best uh, 
opponents that they've had on a foreign tour. I know you can't technically call this that, but that was one of the more quality opponents that they've played in the last couple of trips. And that's a team that made it difficult and made shots, and Kentucky found a way to win and do a lot of good. A lot of good takeaways from this one. It, they're the perfect placeholders for, until, as you said, until Justin get, gets his footing and starts making shots, and, until Reed starts making shots, uh, until just help, from a health perspective, until Aaron Bradshaw gets back on the floor and whatever happens with Ugo. And again, uh, I, I heard at the time that the injury didn't look that bad and they didn't have any uh, – I know you were listening to the broadcast, Sean. I know they said something like, uh, he's not going to be able to be back until October. I don't think that's accurate. Uh, I, I don't think that's the, it, you know, barring a, a terrible turn of events with x-rays and things like that. I don't think that's what the expectation yeah, is. I, I think everybody's kind of assuming that it's okay uh, around I here uh, up was, in Toronto. I think that was more the way that I took them saying that was more that he'll be, he'll be there when this team comes together for practices again. It's kind of how I took it because we know once this trip is over with, they're not going to have the practices on the floor together. They'll have workouts and things like that. But that's how I took it is that not the severity of the injury kind of keeping him out between now and October, but more so when it's ready for them to come back together and do some practices with the entire coaching staff and the entire roster actually being able to do stuff that is going to translate to what they're doing in games in the season. That's how I took the comment. But uh, it's unfortunate because I wanted to see him. Because this felt like probably the, the guy that needed this trip the most to show that he could do the things that Kentucky's doing offensively and also kind of be that anchor that you mentioned in the the lead up of this episode and then block some shots and be a rim protector. I think Kentucky's still going to have to have that on the back end. But it was good to see Kentucky get after it defensively, mix it up and scramble some and, and trap some and, and do some different things to at least overcome some of that lack of size that they were missing with him out. I mean, what team goes and plays in July's without their two bigs? Like, it's unheard of. Like, and I know people and, and Kentucky fans have it's been frustrating because you've had injury after injury after injury, but there's nothing that could have been done to prevent this. It was just one of those things that happens in the game of basketball. And thankfully, it's not going to cost him. And uh, you will see Ugo at some point, and hopefully he's able to, uh, to to help. But at the same time, it would have been big to at least got a look. And then it, not just let Kentucky know where Ugo's at, but let Ugo know where he's at too. And now you're not going to get that from this trip, and that is disappointing. Yeah, that's exactly what we talked about. And I, I think I think we're actually getting gameplay finally of about damn time. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's, what we, that's what we talked about with, with Ugo uh, this being a, a huge test for him just to see where he is and to know where the team needed to go from here, you know, the next three, four months until the regular season starts. That's what we needed. I, are they doing another run of player introductions? Are you kidding me? Is this even a game back there? It's like we're in a fever dream. I don't think this is real. None of this is real. This is this is insanity. Anyway, uh, Sean, we're we're gonna wrap this thing up here shortly because um, we're gonna do a show every single day, so we don't need to just drag on for the sake of dragging on. I do have a question for you and for all of our listeners right now. How do we go about doing our post game show tomorrow? Because half of the viewer base will not be able to watch the game live. At eight o'clock, a lot of it will be on tape delay starting at midnight. So, do we do our post game show as the midnight 
game begins or do we like how, how do we go about doing that I'm, I'm interested to see what the fans uh fans have to say and how you want to handle this i have a suggestion but steven may hate us and and you may i don't know because you all are the ones on the road but wouldn't it be cool if we just went live during that game and just talked about the game as it's playing out I thought about it. I just don't know what the TV rights and the streaming rights are if we'll get in trouble for it. But, like, what if, what uh, if I don't think I turn to... myself around? What if I we, I turned myself around and had it myself aimed toward the game and just like did a play by play as it was happening? I think as long mm. as we don't give descriptions of the play by play, I don't think that we're in the we're breaking whatever the, the rights are to TV, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, we're just. I don't know. We can get creative we'll with think, it, I'm sure. We'll, we'll think that one over. I also don't want to step on the the goat Tom Leach and, and Jack Goose Gibbons. I don't. They they have the live radio broadcast, so you will be able to hear that no matter what. Uh, so I, I don't want to is, step is the on live, their heels. And the, the great is the live radio going to go at eight o'clock? Is it? I don't know. I, I, I think I think it, it will be. Steven, Steven think, says yes. Yeah. So it'll it'll his will be you can actually listen to the radio call and then watch it tape delayed later. So I don't know. Like it's a good question. With it being tape delayed, I don't even know if there is there TV rights to that. Cause it's already, it's not a live event. Hmm. We will talk that over. We will uh, take the fans feedback and then see how that unfolds. But uh, until then we got to get out of here. It's been a great show. Great post game. Great way to start this Toronto trip, Sean. Uh, I don't know how you can not be excited about how this unfolded. Like obviously with the injury, you, you don't like that. It was a terrible start yesterday, but uh, there's no way you could watch this game and not get excited. There's so much to enjoy uh, about this team. They have the entertainment factor. They have the, the pizzazz. Like there's just, there's a lot to like about this team. And, and there's definitely a, um, uh, that that buzz brewing here up in Toronto about the cats. So many UK fans uh, around, just walking around the, the the town. I love this um, this area. The downtown Toronto area is freaking awesome. It's like a little Manhattan, like almost Times Squarey uh, style. So I, I absolutely love this city. Uh, everything about it, man. This this trip's been awesome. So uh, let's wrap this thing up and hope that we have three more wins to break down. It's going to be a blast, uh, Sean. I know you're you're definitely looking forward to that. Um, Let's make that happen. Where can fans find your work? You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. You can find me on Twitter as well, at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email, JPilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time. Hopefully, uh, this game happens at some point, and we have something to talk about tomorrow as well. Uh, this has been the Source to Say podcast. We will see you next time. Uh,